Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I'm always amazed at, at brandings, especially that, that there's always uh, some subtle cowboy etiquette that goes in. And, and I know that a lot of you uh, have never had the opportunity to go to a big outfit or go to a branding, a, a, a real branding where you're dependent upon to, to do something. I know a lot of people go and watch, but I'm talking about actually participating in the branding. And, and I'd like to give you a little bit of a hint. If you ever get invited to a branding and you go to the branding and you've been at home and you got your little old calf dummy built and you've been out there swinging your loop and you know preparing your horse in case you get the opportunity to rope, that there's some cowboy etiquette that, that will either give you a really good shot at maybe getting uh, being able to rope, or if you don't do it right, there's a good chance you might not get to rope at all. And I, I kind of started telling you about that last week, and then I was with, I was with Dale at, at, at his branding this week, and, and, and whenever it came time for the first ones to go rope, he walked up and he goes, I guess it didn't work, did it? Because <laughs> I wasn't in the first group. But uh, anyway, it's not about not being in the first group. It's just more about this etiquette. And, and one of those things is, is that whenever it comes time, the, one of the first things you always do when you go to a branding is you, you got the cows and cows together and you sort the cows off. Okay, so if you've never been to a branding, this is how it works. You gather all the pasture, you get the cows and calves together, and you pull the cows off. And then the next thing that you should do, unless you are told differently, pay attention, just in case you ever get invited to a big outfit branding, the next thing you do is you get off your horse. Okay, you don't sit there on your horse with your rope hoping that you get picked first. I guarantee you if you do that, you are going to be asked to step down off your horse and you're going to be flanking the rest of the day. You watch these good old cowboys, these top hands. The first thing they'll do after they get through sorting the cattle is everybody gets off their horse and everybody goes over there and helps get the vaccines ready, the fire ready, whatever the case may be. And I've seen this mistake made and you talk to these ranchers and they will tell you that if you sit on your horse expecting to be the first to rope, they are going to humble you very quickly and ask you in front of everybody, why don't you go ahead and get off and you start flanking? It'll happen. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells people the exact same thing, except he uses a little bit different illustration. In Luke chapter 14, verse 7, says this, When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. So let, let's paint the picture here. You got a bunch of people going to a wedding banquet and everybody wants to sit at the bride and groom's table, right? They, they want to have the seat of honor. And, and, and in today's day and age, maybe this isn't so important, but back then, man, if, if you were sitting near the groom or at the head of the table, it was only reserved for those people that were honored, okay? Jesus says, uh, he gave them this advice. When you are invited to a wedding feast, do not sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you'll have to take whatever seat is left at the end of the table. Instead, 
If you'll go to the end of the table and take the lowest place, then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all of the other guests. I guarantee you, man, it's a lot better for you to be off your horse, ready to do the hard work, and the boss come up and say, why don't you get on your horse and you go rope first. Man, that, that's a privilege whenever the boss says that. Hey, man, it's your turn to rope. Man, you go over there, you start cinching up, man, and everybody's watching. Everybody wants to be the big top-hand cowboy. They're watching to see what you do. And this is the way you do it. You humble yourself because everybody's probably heard this next verse. He says, for those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Man, don't start out assuming and taking those places of honor. We must humble ourselves. We've been, this is number four in a, in a probably six or seven part series called The Old Cowboy Ways based off of Jeremiah 6, 16 that says, this is what the Lord says, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down this trail and you'll find rest for your soul. I got a question for you. When you stop at the crossroads and you look around at your spiritual life, where are you? Are you where you want to be? Because life is a series of these crossroads where we, where we come up to a fork in the road, a crossroad, and we say, are we going to do it the way we've always done it? Or are we going to try a different way and do it the way God says to do it? Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down this trail and you will find rest for yourselves. Now, now your Bibles probably don't say, ask for the old cowboy ways. That's the simplified cowboy version. But it says, ask for the ancient ways or ask for the ancient paths and do them. Follow this road and you will find rest for your soul. And isn't that what you're searching for? Aren't you searching for some peace, for some purpose, to feel like what you do and the life that you live means something? If that's what you're striving for, then you're at the right place. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways. And one of the oldest cowboy ways that there is, is humility. But humility ain't easy. And it's a popular topic in the Bible where, you know, preachers always, you got to be humble. You got to be humble. You got to be humble. And, and, and most of the time, what, what people imagine humility being is that old cow dog that's got his old tail tucked between his legs. And when somebody comes, rolls all over on his back, pees on himself, you know, something like that. But that is not biblical humility. Okay. That is not biblical humility. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that you just, to be humble, you just got to let everybody talk down to you and you can't say nothing back to them. And, you know, you just got to turn the other cheek. We're not going to talk about any of that today. I'm not saying that some of that ain't important because Jesus said about turning the other cheek, okay? But let's talk what it takes to have true humility. The cowboy version of humility. There are four real cowboy virtues that when combined, we call those four virtues humility. The very first cowboy virtue that makes up humility is gratefulness. Most people are not grateful for their lives. They are the exact opposite. Most people are disgusted, unhappy, discontent, miserable, and jealous of everybody else. That's the way this world operates. And the only reason I can safely say that most people 
are, aren't grateful for their lives, that they're the exact opposite, is because I have fit every single one of those. And maybe you have too. You've been disgusted by your life. You don't like your life. You wish you had somebody else's life, that you are unhappy, you're discontent, you're miserable. And the way you deal that misery out is by making everybody else misery. You can't be humble without being grateful for the life that you have. It can't be done. You have to have the very first quality if you want to be humble. You can't be humble without being grateful. But why is everybody disgusted, unhappy, discontented, miserable, and jealous of everybody else? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I ain't no psychiatrist, psychologist, or any other type. I may be a cowologist. When they get mean, I try to rope them. Some of you might need to be stretched. I'm just saying. Why? Are people not grateful for their lives? I'll say because, you know, most of us, mo most of our lives are too easy. Now, you might be saying, hey, I don't know about you, but my life ain't easy. Look, we live in a pill-popping, button-pushing society. Man, we don't have to go down to Kiowa Creek or Comanche Creek or anything else to do our laundry. No, we take our dirty clothes that ain't really that dirty, in all honesty, and we put them in a big steel box and we push a button and we go, whew, I've been doing laundry all day. And I, and I do a lot of my own, so I can say that, okay? We go, I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to put them in a big steel box and push a button. Come on. Our lives are too easy. Man, this is one of the great conundrums and dilemmas of Christianity that your easy life is not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you content. It's not going to make you grateful. It's not. Man, you, you, you show me a real cowboy, a real top hand, and man, that man has been, that man or woman has been through some wrecks and hard work. Look at their hands. They pick up a microfiber towel and can't let it go because of the calluses. You cowboys know what I mean too, don't you? <laughs> I know you do. I got stuck to a blanket and couldn't get rid of it for like two days. It's kind of embarrassing walking around with a binky. It's just my towel. I can't get off my hand. But our lives are too easy, man. There, there's, there's a button to push. Man, we don't have to read books anymore. Somebody will read the book to us. We don't even have to listen to the book anymore. Somebody will act the book out for us. Our lives are too easy. Man, the easier life is, man, you're not going to be grateful. It's going to be the exact opposite. They don't, they don't know how to stand up for something bigger than themselves. When you have an easy life, you, you don't know what it means to take a stand for something. Anybody can take a stand against something, okay? I'm talking about taking a stand for something. Standing for something. People that are ungrateful, they don't know what it means to get back up after getting knocked down. I was watching a movie on a cowboy movie, and this, this, this young kid, he's kind of scared of horses, and he gets put up on a horse, and he's doing pretty good, and then he just falls off. He doesn't get bucked off. He just falls off. And the guy says, you got to get back on. He goes, I don't want to. And you know, that, that's a cliche that's thrown around a lot. you got to get back on when you get bucked off. <laughs> Man, when you have been yard darted, and there ain't no more oxygen left in the entire universe... I don't care how big and bad a cowboy you are. You may act tough, but you don't want to get back on. It's the hardest thing in the world. And, when, you know, when you get older, like I am, when you reach 24, you don't want to get back on at all when you get bucked off. It hurts worse the older you get. The ground gets harder, okay? But those people, you know, a lot of people said, well, you, you know, I've always got some bruise or something and they're like oh you're just accident prone i didn't fall off the couch okay 
You call it accident prone, I call it living. You know, I didn't get kicked by the recliner, okay? I didn't stub my toe on the bed, okay? Man, we, we, we got easy lives, and easy lives don't make grateful. You know what makes grateful? What makes grateful is sweat. What makes grateful is dirt. What makes grateful is standing for something. What makes grateful is having courage, honor, respect, integrity, strength, and truth in your life. That's what makes for a grateful life. They don't know how hard it is to be themselves. We live in a society where we want to be anybody but ourselves, but God, God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Should be ourselves, and that is the most difficult thing in the world, is to be you, the best version of you. And people that are ungrateful, they don't know the trials or the triumphs of riding for the brand. They don't know what it's like. That easy life don't make for grateful people. You got to learn to do hard things because it's on the other side of those hard things that you're going to find purpose, that you're going to be grateful for the life that you have. And like I said, it is the conundrum that is, is nearly inexplicable. It's the mystery that the harder your life is, and what I mean by hard is by living with courage and honor and respect and integrity, strength and truth and humility and living a grateful life and not lusting after everything that everybody else has and making your life just about the pursuit of the acquisition of money, you're, you're not going to be grateful for that life. And if you want to be humble, if you want to have humility in your life, then you're going to have to learn to be grateful. You're going to have to learn to do hard things. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, the writer says, do you see what you've got? An unshakable kingdom. That's what you have as a Christian. Don't you see what you've got? You've got an unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Listen to that. And don't you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. And you know how to get to that point right there? You're going to have to do some hard things. You're going to have to get rid of some of that sin in your life. And I, and I really like it. I mean, my prayers have been answered. Ty's starting to talk like a Texan. He said, unsinful. I don't know that that's a word, but that's a Texas word right there. And it just, I got a little tear in my eye when he said that. I was like, so proud, so proud. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do some hard things, man. You're going to have to evaluate, do, test yourself. You know you've been doing some things that are contrary to God's word. God ain't necessarily punishing you for that, but you can't get where you want to go by doing things your way. The second cowboy virtue that makes up humility is a word that is often mistaken. It rhymes with another word, but it means the complete opposite. Meekness. Meekness does not mean weakness. They rhyme, but they mean two separate things. Meekness does not mean weakness. I heard this definition years ago when I first started preaching, and it stayed with me, and I strive for meekness. And what meekness means is absolute strength under absolute control. Absolute strength under absolute control. I love when Jesus said, he said, do not think that I cannot call down like 10 legions or something. I don't remember what he said. Like 10 legions of angels and have them just wipe y'all out. <laughs> I mean, think about that. He's like, don't misunderstand me, man. If I wanted something to happen, I could make it happen. But I ain't going to because that's not God's plan. That is meekness. That is absolute power under 
absolute control. That is meekness. I think uh, of, of when, we, when we train these horses or, you know, break these horses and, and we break them to ride. We don't break their spirits. Actually, what we do is we take all of this unbridled energy and we focus it into a purpose, okay? That's what I think of when I see meekness. Man, when you see these good bridle horses or even these good ranch horses, that man, they're going in there, they're putting you in the right spot. You can pick up those two hind feet, go to the fire with them, or you're doing that working cow horse or whatever. Man, there is beauty in that. And that horse has so much power and it is under complete control, the good ones. And that's what God wants for your life too. He wants to give you absolute power through the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead is available to us every single day. We have absolute power, but you must have absolute control. A lot of people don't have access to the power because it's limited by the amount of control. God's not just going to turn you loose, okay? The more control you have, the more power you're going to have. And that's what meekness is. If you want to live a life of humility, if you want to stop at the crossroads and look around and ask for the old cowboy ways and do them and ride down that trail and find rest for your soul, you're going to have to have humility. And to have humility, you're going to have to be grateful and you're going to have to be meek. Man, in Matthew 5, 5, Jesus himself said, blessed are the meek for they'll inherit the earth. You want to be blessed by God, man? You could just do meekness right there and be under absolute control at all times. Remember I said about being grateful that you got to do the hard things? That's what I'm talking about. You are not in control of anybody else but yourself. And that's what meekness is. Absolute power under absolute control. Jesus didn't say they'd inherit a little bit. He said they'd inherit the entire earth. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. I'd like to be a part of that. Gratefulness, meekness. The third thing that you got to have is you got to have confidence to be humble. You got to have confidence. And what, what, what is confidence? You know, confidence is when you reach the point that you no longer feel you have to prove anything to anybody. I remember when I, when I first started branding calves or, you know, learning to rope and drag calves and, and stuff like that, man, I'd get in there and I was so happy if I caught one, but I was just miserable at all the misses. Now I don't even care if I miss anymore because I don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. Not that I ever had to in the first place. Nobody said, well, you got to go prove it to me. They gave me the opportunity and I took advantage of it. Confidence is when you don't have to prove yourself to anybody anymore. The difference in confidence and arrogance, though, is that the latter always has to prove himself to others and the former doesn't. See, arrogance is always out to prove how good they are at something. They're just arrogant, always proving and letting everybody know, blah, blah, blah. Confidence, man, confidence is like, man, I got, I ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. And wouldn't we all want to walk around, not with our nose in the air, but with humility, knowing that we are confident in who God made us to be? Well, if you want to be confident like that, there's a couple of things that you've got to do. Number one is you've got to practice being who God made you to be, being the best version of yourself. Wherever you lack that confidence, work on that. Do hard things. Most people run away from hard things, man. Go at it. If you can't do something and you know that that's a quality that you need to have to get you where you need to be or where God wants you to be, man, you need to start working on that. I hate that old deal where people say, well, you got to accept me for who I am or you can take it or leave it. Well, I'll leave it. Thank you. No problem. See you later. Man, if you ain't wanting to grow, I don't want to be around you. You got to practice. 
I mean, work on it hard. Yeah, you're going to stink for a while. Anytime you start something, I mean, I don't care what it is. You're, you're not going to be good at it at first, but you got to keep working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. But when you start seeing improvement, then you'll start feeling more confident. But whatever you do, man, once you start it, don't give up. See, most people, man, they just give up. They're not confident because they gave up. You've got to practice if you want to be confident. The other thing is you can do, do what you love, not what other people want you to do. Think about that. A lot of people, man, they, they, they want their people pleasers. They just go around doing whatever anybody else wants them to so that they'll hope that somebody will like them. Stop that. You be you. You ain't got to be a cowboy for me and Ty to like you. You ain't got to be able to rope and ride. We love you for who you are. There was a guy that whenever I was going to college, he was roommates with, or he, was, he worked with my roommate, and, and this guy was as far from cowboy as you've ever seen in your life. I love this dude. This dude was great, man. Long-haired hippie fella. Liked him. Liked him a lot. He's funny. Drove a Z28 or Z20X. I don't know what it's called. Just one of them little cars. It's fast. It was cool. We knew him for about a year, and one day he walked in in Wrangler's boots and a hat. Broke my ever-loving heart. It did. I thought I was going to cry because that wasn't Nick. Man, Nick was a hippie fella. I liked him. He ain't got to be a cowboy for me to like him. I liked him for who he was, and it broke my heart that he, that he thought that he had to be a cowboy for us to, to like him better, and it took the opposite effect. Man, do you. Be you, but be the best version of you. Which brings us to the third thing in confidence is surround yourself with the right people. Man, I have, I have absolutely surrounded myself with the kind of people that have the qualities that I like, that push me to grow that don't put up with my crap. That's important. Don't, don't be with people that just, you know, say nice any nice things. Be with somebody that's going to push you, that's going to make you better. That'll be there for you when you fall, but will also be there to put a boot between your Wrangler pockets whenever, you, you, whenever you're feeling sorry for yourself. Surround yourself with the right type of people. Be around. You know what that means? That means some of you is going to have to give up some of these friends and family that's been holding y'all back. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. I don't know who I'm talking about, but you know who I'm talking about. Those people that bring you down instead of lift you up. Surround yourself with the right type of people. If they ain't growing you, they're holding you back. And finally, if you want to be confident, you got to stop comparing yourself to others. Man, their life is a mess too. You don't really want to be them. I guarantee you. You say, I wish I was like that fella. Man, that fella over there is just, man, he, he's got his own mess of problems. He ain't no different. I don't care who it is. Well, if I just had it, if I was rich, you know, you'd have rich problems. You know, some of the friends you have, those good friends, man, they like you whether you got money or not. If you had a bunch of money, there'd be a lot of people that wanted to like you, but it ain't you. They like it's your money. Stop comparing yourself to others. Seriously, just stop. Comparison is the fool's shortcut. It's wanting what someone else has without the work it took them to get it. Quit comparing yourself to somebody else. You be you. You be the best version of you. You be the godly version of you. You follow those old cowboy ways. Ride down that trail and find rest for your souls. Be grateful for the life that you're given. Be meek. Be confident. In 1 John 3, 20 through 21, the Bible says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. But a lot of you ain't, you don't have faith in God. You have faith in your feelings. Man, your feelings rule the roost. You just, everything, everything's about your feeling, man. If you're happy, everybody should be happy. And when you're mad, you're going to make sure everybody knows it. Your feelings ain't God, man. Put your faith in God, not your feelings. 
Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. Man, you need to leave that guilt aside. I know some of you, I know the life that you used to lead. Shoot, I had it too. Still have some of it, and I'm working on it. I ain't bragging about it, I'm working on it. Leave that guilt aside, man. Let's, let, let's all grow confident and bold, not in ourselves, but in God. And finally, the last one. If you want to be humility, if you want to be humility, if you want to be humble, English stinks, stupid. If you want to be humble, the last one's probably the hardest. And it's the one I struggle with the most, believe it or not. And dare I say, it's probably going to be the one that you're going to struggle with the most also. The fourth thing that you got to have is obedience. You got to be obedient. You can't do it your way and get where God wants you to be. Sorry. I'm going to burst your pretty little bubbles. It don't matter what you believe. It matters what God said. You read it in the good book, man, and, you, you know, most people, man, they just want to go in there and just, you know, it, it looks like those retractions with the black marker. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And all that's left is the pretty fluffy unicorny stuff. I can do that now. It's so much prettier and easier. Man, you can't do it your way and get where God wants you to be. You can't pick and choose what you're going to follow. You can't pick and choose what you're going to follow. And you can't follow God your way. My wife showed me a quote one time that said, uh, we have successfully created God, lowercase g, we have successfully created God in our own image when God thinks the same way we do, acts the same way we do, and believes the same things we do. You're not following God. You're following yourself. You've made yourself a God. Your beliefs are your God, not what God says. The Bible says it. God's ways are not our ways, and our ways are not God's ways. I can see it in your eyes, man. God's talking to you real hard right now. And you know that this is what you need. And you can already envision the hard things, the hard decisions, the hard choices that you're going to have to make in your life. And that's where you're going to find pieces on the other side of those decisions. You've got to be grateful. You've got to be meek. You've got to be confident. You've got to be obedient. I've used this verse before and I'll use it again. It's one of the scariest verses in the Bible, but it's Luke 6, 46. And it says, Jesus is talking and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you to do? Goodness gracious. Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do? In that same movie I was watching, his mama's going to go out there and break a horse. And he goes, the kid says, do you know what you're doing? And she said, I watched your daddy do it a hundred times. And the little Indian boy said, there's a difference in watching and doing. There's a big difference in watching and doing. That's the difference between listening and obeying. Are you listening today? Or are you ready to obey? today. Not me, but obey God and get where you need to be in your life. Because I know that you're standing at the crossroads. You wouldn't be here right now if you wasn't. Stand at the crossroads and look around and ask for the old cowboy ways. And do them. Ride down that trail and you will find rest for your souls. Every cowboy dreams of being able to rope like Will Rogers. No horses like Tom Dorrance. Spur the hair off them like Casey Tibbs be known as a top hand, and have stories that would win an Academy Award. But there is one old cowboy way that is the soil for all of that to grow in, and it is the one virtue that most Christians are missing. And we'll talk about that one next week. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, the only thing we want to do is follow you so that we can know you. Humility is the one lacking virtue, that old cowboy way that is so needed in our lives today. It is the essence of who Jesus was. 
when he put away his heavenly throne and traded it for a carpenter's hammer. Humility is the fire in which those with true metal are forged into eternity or those who are weaker melted away. I pray that everyone here in this today is metal and that they have the wisdom to see the opportunity to practice humility when it comes. It is through the fire that we are cleansed and it is in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.